Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to this installment of Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports, the Steel Conversation. My name is Brian Yardo, and good enough to join us tonight is going to be Tyler Sullivan of the New England Patriots on 24-7 Sports. So if you're a Patriots fan listening, I, I advise you to go to his site. And even if you're a Steelers fan, there's always good nuggets over there, too. So, uh, Tyler, thanks for joining us on the show. And we, we, we did this back in week seven, which seems like an eternity ago. And uh, New England won that game. But, but since then, both teams are different. Rob Gronkowski, obviously, for New England is gone. Uh, and for the Steelers, uh, you know, they were kind of mirrored to mediocrity at that point, And uh, they didn't have – Ben Roethlisberger on the field that game. They had Landry Jones, who, who played well, but uh, kind of summed up the difference, in my opinion, between New England and Pittsburgh, where, you know, the Steelers sometimes have been too uh, careless with the football, and New England will pounce on those mistakes, and they did that day, and they won. Uh, let's start the conversation with Rob Gronkowski. Um, I obviously don't watch the Patriots very much, um, and that's what, that's what you do for a living. So how has their <laughs> offense changed? with Rob Gronkowski being gone? What if, what if, I know that, that Deion Lewis has been more of a factor, but really what's the biggest difference and something that the Steelers fans should keep an eye on uh, when they watch the game on Sunday? Well, I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, you look at it from a red zone standpoint. I mean, that's where Rob Gronkowski really made his bread and butter. It's pretty much a go-to option for Tom Brady in that aspect. That's going to be some place where the Patriots really still have been kind of lacking. Good, luckily for them, they do have a guy in LeGarrette Blunt where I know Pittsburgh Steelers fans remember him just a little bit, but he can really do some damage in there. They have been using Deion Lewis, like you said. He's actually been more of the go-to option in the backfield in these recent weeks. I mean, you just saw it last week in the AFC Divisional round, if you were paying attention to that game. He had three total touchdowns, one catching, receiving, and then he had one rushing, and they had one in the special teams game. But he's really been the guy for this team that's kind of been picking up the slack there but they're still looking for some more red zone help. But he's been getting Tom Brady a little bit more chemistry with Chris Hogan, just required him in the offseason from the Buffalo. Why you saw them go after Michael Floyd. Again, a controversial kind of player, but I think that that speaks to the need of this team in those type of situations. A guy similar to Rob Gronkowski in the sense that he's big, tall, can go up and get a ball if Tom Brady tosses it up there for him. That's what they're still looking for to find. Outside of that, I mean, they're still going. This is, again, for the Patriots' MO on offense is to death by a million paper cuts. They're going to slip all the way down the field in those short, small passes to Julian Edelman, even to Chris Hogan to some degree, and you'll see it to Deion Lewis, you'll see it to James White, and as long as if they can figure that out, they should be all right. But at the same time, there's no doubt on third down in the red zone, that's where you see it most importantly. And I haven't even mentioned Martellus Bennett, who, believe it or not, and Steelers fans really won't remember him too, too much because in that game, he really didn't do much. That was more of a Rocker Kowski game. But honestly, Patriots fans, on a receiving standpoint, haven't seen Martellus Bennett really jump off the page. He's had his moments this year. But really, other than a few outings hasn't been the the instant Rob Gronkowski replacement or anything like that. If anything, they've moved away from passing to the tight end there. So if anything, don't look at Martellus Bennett. Look to more of a Deion Lewis role. Look to more as Chris Hogan. And as he gets healthier, he's coming back off a high ankle sprain injury. Look at look at a guy like Danny Amendola. He didn't play a ton in that divisional round game, but when he was healthy, he was a, a go-to option on third down. If you look at all his stats this year, all of them pretty much, or at least three-fourths of them, have come on third down and come in the red zone for Tom Brady. He's a guy that Tom Brady likes to throw to. 
Yeah, and I think that's the thing with New England. It, it's so funny because it just it, it's funny because it seems like except for the years when they went out and got Welker and Moss, when they did win Super Bowls, it's kind of like the years they win them, they don't have those names that jump off the page. And you look at the Steelers mm-hmm. on the other end on their offense, it's like it, it, it's just a who's who with, you know, Ben, Brown, and Bell. And obviously New England has Brady, but kind of fans him. And Blunt is a very good player. I mean, he was a very he would have been drafted higher if he didn't have the, the punching incident when he was in college. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's kind of funny if anybody's seen the, the Last Chance You um, Netflix documentary. He's from that school. Was it, is it what East oh, Mississippi yeah. State? I think it's, it's that school. So uh, I don't know. I like his story, and I, I think for him, and we talked off the air about this. I, I he just, I think he wanted to leave Pittsburgh because he knew he could be this good. I mean, if 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 New England and obviously Steeler fans don't want this, but if they win this game and then they run the table, you know, they win the next week, he's going to be a starting running back on two. Patriot Super Bowl championship teams, and the only other running back in, in Patriots history that can say that um, uh, is Antoine Smith. Uh, so, I, well, I guess Kevin Falk, but he didn't really start. Um, but right, I digress. Right. But uh, let's let's talk about the Patriots. And I think Hogan, to be honest, I'm glad you brought him up. I think he's going to play a big role in this game. And if I'm not mistaken, he did a couple of good things uh, back in Week Seven. But you know, my thing with the Steeler offense uh, until Antonio caught a 52 yard pass. On the first quarter against the Chiefs last week, the Steelers' offense has really been uh, devoid of a long, like, a, a home run threat in terms of throwing the ball deep. You know, Brown, you know, against Miami, he had those two touchdown passes of over 50 yards, but both of them were close to the line, very close to the line of scrimmage, especially the first one. Um, then he just kind of took it the rest of the way. Um, but, again, you know, that's why as a Steeler person, I was uh, happy to see him do what he did against Kansas City with the 50-yard pass. Does New England – you know, do, you, do you think they'll go for broke at all in this game? Have they been doing it recently, or has it been mostly kind of what the Steelers have been doing? A lot of it's intermediate routes and stuff around the line of scrimmage. I'll say this. I mean, they have the personnel to do it if they want to. Let's just say that it's Ben Roethlisberger, and he's going wild to Antonio Brown. He's kicking it out to Le'Veon Bell. He's really spreading it around the field, and it turns into that type of game. The Patriots have the personnel to do it. I mean, they have Malcolm Mitchell, who I didn't mention earlier, rookie wide receiver for them, who's really been able to do some promising things. For the Patriots fans, they're screaming finally because it hasn't seemed for a while that they have been able to draft and develop a wide receiver. It seems like they may have something pretty cool here in Malcolm Mitchell. They have him. They have a guy like Michael Floyd who struggled in that game against the Houston Texans. He had a ball jump right off of, off his hands into the arms of a Texas defender for an interception. So he's trying to bounce back. Again, he's, he's only been here a month, so he's, he's still learning the playbook. His consistency will follow. And Chris Hogan's been that guy, though. If all of a sudden they are looking at a game where they need him to go deep and they need a guy that can, can really stretch the field, it's going to be Chris Hogan. Again, in that, in that game, before he left with injury, and that's something that Steelers fans – might want to kind of keep an eye on it. He looks like he's going to play, but Chris Hogan did leave that game with a thigh injury against the Texans last week. He was questionable come back. They said he, he could have come back if he really wanted to, but that does, you know, it's worth monitoring that situation. But in that game, he had four catches for 95 yards. I mean, he was averaging about 24 yards a catch. He's, he's that kind of player for this team in this offense. So, Naturally, if they have to choose the game plan for the Patriots, it's going to be short slant routes to Julian Edelman. It's going to be short routes to, obviously, Danny Amendola and, and all of those guys because that's just how they like to do it. They like to take the – because for Tom Brady, tossing it deep, 
that's more of a that is more of a risk for him. They like to calculate and go as as high percentage as possible, and that's what they've been doing. But you did see it last week again in that second half on that drive. There was a drive in the, that third quarter where Tom Brady wasn't particularly that good. He just ended up completing 20, 25, 30-yard passes to Chris Hogan and to Julian Edelman that was able to bring them down in the scoring position. So they can do it. They do have the personnel. The question is if they want to do it. And really, if they could choose, they would rather go short and immediate route. Kind of like the Steelers. Interesting. You know, and that's the funny thing is you think, you think Ben and Brady, you think, oh, big passing games and all this fun stuff. No, obviously, maybe you know, maybe won't be that. But I think it'll still definitely be exciting. Um, it's it's funny because this will be the first AFC Championship game ever that um is between two quarterbacks that have at least won two rings at that time. Obviously, Manning ended up you know winning a second one. Um, right. It's just interesting to me that 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 there's been all these great AFC Championship games. I mean, Stabler versus Bradshaw. You know, uh, you know. You know Ben's. You know Ben played against Flacco. You know I don't know if Flacco's at that level yet, but he's hey he's won a ring and you know he's been to a cool hey, absolutely. And it's game, not even but... that. I, I I read a stat that it was Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady combined for the most Super Bowls in a playoff game between two quarterbacks in NFL history. So I mean you're talking about not just a a game between two future Hall of Famers. I mean. You're talking about the, the cream of the crop here, you know. So that, that's a that's a big thing when you talk about this matchup, and clearly you're seeing that throughout the last year was the Denver Broncos, and it brought up the conversation of can it just a defense carry you to a Super Bowl? And, and I, I believe it can, but it has to be a generational type defense, like maybe you've seen in the Seahawks in the past, even though they did have Russell Wilson, and obviously the Denver Broncos of a year ago. But you look at this final four that you have right now, I mean, again, we're looking at the AFC primarily between Roethlisberger and Brady, but even on the other side, Matt Ryan, who's, who's probably going to be the MVP, and then you have Aaron Rodgers, who is playing like the best quarterback in the NFL right now. It, it, it's going to be a great Super Bowl slash championship weekend with these quarterbacks. Yeah, it, it's good. But, but, but to your point, I like what you said. You know, I think personally that you're getting a lot of, you know, balanced teams. You know, you're getting teams that, that you know, look, I mean, I look at the Steelers defense. You know, they're not the steel curtain. I hate when people say that. It's almost, there will never be another steel curtain. It's, it's almost kind of like saying, like, <laughs> you know, if any receipt, like right now, Amendola, well, it's not Brady to Moss. Well, there's only one Brady right. to Moss. Like, that was, that's, you know, that's the top five receiver ever, top three receiver, or the top three quarterback. And, and you could argue that they're, that's, those, that's the best quarterback receiver ever. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But, but they're, they're playing well. And I think the Steelers' main goal is going to be don't allow 20 points. That's been, it's not sexy, but that's, mm-hmm. that's been the Steelers' M.O. the last two years, that, you know, we'll give up a lot of yards, uh, we, we, you, know, be, you know, begrudgingly, but, but they will. And But none of that matters. I mean, they want to – get after the quarterback, get turnovers, and at the end of the day, hold an opponent under 20 points. But uh, where, do you, where, do you, where do you put the Steelers team in terms of, you know, the teams that New England's faced in the last six AFC championship games? So, you know, you have to go web back to Baltimore mm-hmm. and work through. I mean, where would you put them? If you had to rank them or kind of put them somewhere, where would you put this team, you know, in comparison to the previous five teams that New England's had to face in the AFC championship game? Well, what I think you got to do, too, is, is when you look at conversations like that, and I've been having those all week, and a lot of people will say, well, this Steeler team is better than that Ravens team or that Broncos team. Well, you really can't look at it from a comparison of the opponents. you got to look at it also from how the Patriots are constructed that year because, you know, you go back to even – 
you know, if you even want to go back even further to, you know, around 2007 and in that year, they're a lot different team in that when they were playing the Indianapolis right. Colts or, or whoever else, you know, that's just, it's just a different style and a different type of offense. Yeah, it's the same head coach and the same quarterback, but still it's a different style of team. How I look at it is this. I mean, when you were playing Peyton Manning and it was not necessarily that Denver Broncos defense that we saw a year ago, because that defense, I just believe was just, whatever it was, whatever, what was going on, what was in the air a mile high or whatever, they were just playing at an unbelievable level, historic level. But I would right. even argue that a few years ago when they did not win the Super Bowl, but they ended up losing to Seattle Seahawks, that game was arguably more difficult just because not only did you have a, at that point, a young and upcoming defense that could still be shut down, you're looking at a, a Peyton Manning player who is, still Peyton Manning, or at least closer to the guy that he once was. So I still look at those Broncos teams as somebody who can really do a lot of damage to the Patriots. And then you got to look at those Ravens teams. My question with the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and how they can kind of compare to those teams that have given the Patriots fits. And, and really, I mean, yes, it was a, it was a sinker last week against the, the Houston Texans. That was primarily playing really not a lot of what the Texans had to do, but what teams have done that has been so successful against the Patriots, and I guess this is to any team, too, but they've been punching Tom Brady in the mouth. I mean, Jadavian Clowney bullied him last week, Not and, they, and it was that type of a game, too. The referees were doing a pretty good job. I mean, I liked it. I liked the old-school kind of rough-and-tough football. The fact that they weren't throwing the whistles there, again, is, you know, it's the Patriots, so people get upset about it, but I like that. It's a disadvantage to the Patriots, though. And, and I wonder, does that Steelers defense have the ability to kind of be a bully similar to what the Ravens were back in the day when they were playing Braves championships? Obviously, we know what the Broncos are like. I'm, I, do you know? I'm, I'll ask you. Do you think that they have that, that bully mentality, that, that ability to kind of really hit him in the face early? Did you see that, Ryan Jay's ear bolt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There you yeah, go. Yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> That's yeah. my answer. And no, but, but you asked a fantastic question, and I was actually going to talk about this before you jumped before before we just hit this before you asked me. This is fantastic because I was honestly going to tell you uh, no until I heard remember Ryan Chazier. I mean, in, in past years I would have told you no. You know, in 2013 mm-hmm. when when New England railroaded them in New England, 55 to 31. That that score will be tattooed in my brain forever. Um, you know, I, I just like the 28 to three game in 96 in, in the, in the playoffs, you know, those are just some bad losses. I mean, the Steelers only don't lose badly to, to teams in big games, but New England, unfortunately for Steeler fans has had their number. That to me, Tyler is like the biggest thing with the Steelers team, um, is that Mike Tomlin, and, and I've been noticing it this week, you know, I, I really have that Tomlin and Tomlin's been saying it for a while that he'll always say, you know, it's about us and. You know, this week we're just playing another, you know, nameless gray, gray faces. That's what he always calls the opponent, in respect. It's about what mm. we do and not what they do. And, and that's what – I know Belichick's thing has always been do our job. And that's kind of Tomlin's thing is it's, it's about us. You know, it's exactly. not it's about them. But, right, but back to, your, back to your question, though. Ryan Shazier brings that attitude. And all week long, Tomlin, I think, has been preaching like – and even in his press conference, everybody was talking about the Antonio Brown stuff. But the thing I took out of that press conference when somebody said, you know, are you glad that you finally get to play New England because you got you got you know you kind of avoided them the last two times you guys were in the Super Bowl, and he was like, well, they 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 avoided us too, 
or something to that line that, you know, they haven't had to right. play us either. And so I think there is this, you know, there's this thing with Tomlin that's like, you're not the little brother. And I think, you know, and that's the other thing too on offense, conversely, is that with Marquise Pouncey, you know, Mar- Marquise Pouncey of the Steelers is Gronk to New England because they obviously play two different positions, but it's the attitude and the impact that I think Gronk mm-hmm. brings New England that, that New England knows if we have, like, like I remember the, uh, you know, the Denver AFC championship game last year where, you know, you're losing, but it's like, we still have Gronk, you know, and, and there's just that belief. And with the Steelers, you know, with that offensive line or if things are getting tough, the running game, it's like, we have, we still have Pouncey and his leadership. And you have a guy like Pouncey who doesn't believe there's anyone that's as good as the Steelers. And you have Shazier that he always says, let's, let's play like savages, you know, let's, let's play like hungry, you know, bloodhounds that, that haven't eaten in a week. I mean, that's the way that, that he approaches the game, and you'll see him run around Foxborough, you know, before the game, you know, with his shirt off like he always does, and and uh, so the answer is yes, but but to me, I just fear that, you know, if things don't go their way early, are they going to start getting the, and that, that's to me the biggest thing. You have to get that crowd out of the game early, just like, just like Kansas City, and you can't have the, you know, here we go again mindset. I mean, I think the one positive for the Steelers. There's not a lot of players defensively, honestly, even offensively. Not a lot of guys are honestly left from that 2013 team. I mean, and a lot of those players, Paul Malu, Ike Taylor, you know, very good players, but they were just, you know, it just wasn't their time anymore. Uh, so that's kind of the answer to answer that question. But, um, you know, talking with Tyler Sullivan here on Steelers on 24-7 Sports Facebook Live. Uh, you know, I, I think, though, just in terms of this game, I'm thinking it's going to be – a upper team, lower 20s kind of game. I mean, the Steelers' defense, they don't really allow a lot of points. Neither does New England. So, you know, I think it's going to be a 23-16 to 16 kind of game, somewhere around those lines. What are you, what are you thinking in terms of, of final score and where you think it could be? I mean, do you see a 31-28 to 28 game? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that we're going to be looking at a, a game where it's going to be in the low 30s, high 20s. And, and honestly, and again, my, my Patriots followers will probably not be too happy with me, but I, I could, I very, I kind of see the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers coming out with a win here. I, I really do. I just feel like, and again, you talked about the Gillette Stadium crowd. Love them, mean it. They're, they're not Arrowhead Stadium. They're not. They're not Seattle. They're not Denver. My thing is the good thing about the Patriots being at home. It's the fact that, you know, you get to sleep in your bed at night, you know, this week. There's less travel. I, I get that there's all that great stuff there, too. But even more so than that, I don't think that the Gillette Stadium crowd, I mean, they have the ability. They just don't show it nowadays just because I, I don't know what it is. They just haven't necessarily been able well, to. We've won so much. Yeah, I think that that's really what it is. I think, it, it, yeah, that's not their <laughs> fault. It's just, it's, just, it's just the way that it's been going. I the way it is. Anything, I don't think that they, <laughs> I don't think that they're a team that can force Ben Roethlisberger to be so loud and they call a timeout. If anything, I think Heinz Field can do that. Good credit on them. So I guess that's an advantage because you're avoiding a disadvantage for Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Because he'd have to burn that timeout or, or whatever or not have that communication with his teammates on the field if it was in Pittsburgh or something like that. So I think that that's a big standpoint from there. But I do like the Steelers a little bit in this one just because I, I don't know how – they can stop Le'Veon Bell. And I just wonder, you know, again, Tom Brady and that offense can go toe-to-toe with anybody in, that, in this league. And, again, you talk about the Steelers, you talk about, you talk about anybody, you know, the Packers, the Falcons. 
I just don't know how well they do against Le'Veon Bell and what that does for Antonio Brown and what that does for the rest of that offense. I mean, I don't know if Ladarius Green's going to play. I thought that he was limited. But whatever the case may be, whatever pass catchers the Steelers have outside of those guys will be so much more open if you have to focus on Le'Veon Bell. And even still, that offensive line is good enough where even if you do stop him, it's still a five-yard game. So you look at stopping him, and then you look at stopping Antonio Brown, where we're praising Malcolm Butler for a, a solid performance against him, where it was seven catches for like 100 yards, and that's a good job against Antonio Brown. It's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be a tough one there. I just wonder how they stop those, those top-shelf talents that they have there. Again, Belichick's going to take away one. I don't know if, he's, if he can really take away two and what that means for the rest of the game. So, And I like the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, like you said. I do like that that, that punch-in-the-mouth mentality. And, and also, just on a quick Patriots side here, I feel like I'm thumping on the Patriots, and I don't mean to. I, I, I want them to win selfishly, but I just kind of go with the feeling. Um, the thing is, Tom Brady hasn't been particularly great in AFC Championship games. If you look at his stats historically, it's actually more of a hurdle and kind of a, a shocking thing that the Patriots have been able to get to the AFC Championship, to get to the Super Bowl in these ones. He's great in the divisional round, great in the Super Bowl. I mean, we all see it in these games. Out of all of those three games, and, and for Patriots fans, they, they only do focus on three games because they usually get a bye week. The divisional right. round, he's great. AFC Championship game, he struggles a little bit. And then you talk about the Super Bowl, and he's lights out. So I don't know what that is. But he struggles in this game. So if he if he follows that pattern, he struggles on offense. And the Pittsburgh Steelers keep offense keeps putting up points. That that to me smells a bad recipe. You know it's it's funny. I think actually his best AFC Championship game was 2004 when he beat the Steelers. I think that that would have to be <laughs> that's the game. That I, I think it was bombs I, and Beyond I think it was either that game or he did really well. And, and again, you know, this is again, just going after the Patriots, I guess. But he was very good in that AFC Championship game against the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts there with uh, a certain ball incident happened, but he was very good in that game. That's right, yeah. No, he was. He was good in that game, too. They've been – I mean, both Ben and Brady. Obviously, Brady's been in the most in this era. But it's funny now because it's it, it just – you know, it, it's 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 only the second time they've ever faced off, which is interesting. And the first one, you know, first time obviously Ben was a, you know, a rookie. And Brady was still a very young player as well, but he was, you know, that was when he was in the midst of his his uh, first dynasty. Um, I guess right. you're going to break it down into two different ones, I, I suppose. Uh, you know, I, I just think you know in this game, uh, and that's interesting that you said that about the fans because I honestly don't really pay attention. I mean, I, again, I don't watch New England a ton, but. That's one thing I'm interested. In. I mean, you don't think they're going to be extra jazzed up for this game or extra bringing, you know, bringing it? You don't, you don't know if that'll be the case. Don't get me wrong. You know, listen, Patriots fans are great, and it, I'm just saying that. And I think that they would admit it. It's not like it's a wine and cheese crowd. I'm not saying that it's like that. Right. But at the same time, you know, I've heard on many occasions, and, and a lot of Patriots fans complain about this. But I mean, you, you have people in that building telling them to sit down. I mean, and people yeah, are like, hey, uh, can, you, can you sit down for a second? You know, we're trying to watch the game. It's like, dude, stand up. We're, we're watching this game. Right, you're at a football game. For it. So, so I do think that that's, that's, a, that's a little bit of an issue there. And that's been a, it's been a common critique around New England, around Boston, that that place, it, it just, whatever it is. And, again, it, maybe it's the winning. Maybe it's the fact that it's in Foxborough and it's a long ways away. So maybe you can't get, you know, as, as rowdy as maybe you'd like to. You know, maybe you can't get has socialized with a couple of drinks as much as you like to because you guys drive all the way home. So that place is pretty far away from Boston. It is kind of in the middle of nowhere there. So maybe that's part of it too. I, I don't necessarily know the, the actual reason for it. All I know is that it is not the, the loudest place in the world. Can it, 
can it impact you? Because it, it, it's kind of a weird stigma because all of a sudden, and I don't know if you've ever been there, you're a Steelers fan, no. I've never been there, but it is, I mean, you do drive up and it looks like you're in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, you're in the middle of the woods and this big stadium pops out of nowhere. So, I mean, it is intimidating when you are in the middle of the woods somewhere, that huge stadium in New England, and you have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady on the other side of the field going crazy and screaming everywhere. So, there is an intimidation factor. Don't get me wrong. It's just, is it Arrowhead? Is it even Heinz Field to credit you guys? Is it Seattle? You know, is it those places? No, they're not trying to break the sound barrier or anything like that. But still, right. It, it, right. It, it, won't, it won't really, I don't think it will rattle too, too much Ben Roethlisberger from a crowd noise standpoint. From an intimidation factor, I mean, anytime you're in the middle of the woods in New England with Bill Belichick on the other side, that, that's intimidation in itself. Yeah, and, and I think I agree with you there because I think I don't think and I I think Mike Tomlin's a great coach. I don't think anybody that's coming into a stadium looks over at Mike Tomlin and says, "Oh, we're we're in trouble." <laughs> like so, but and, and listen, fair, I mean, and you, and you, and, the NFL. and we've had our conversations too. We've had our conversations about the Celtics. You know, Fred Arbuck back in the day in the old TD right, Garden, yeah. or the old Boston Garden. Everybody thought it was. It was, you know, it was all wired, and everything was was out to rig them. I mean, let's let's be honest here. The, the you know the elephants in the room, right. the Patriots have been accused of doing, you know, whether it's a headset issue, whether it's a deflated football issue, whether they're sweeping the locker room like Tony Dungy did for bugs or a camera issue. I mean, whether those things happened or not, I'm not going to say either they happened or they didn't happen. The fact that teams think that it's going on is another intimidation factor. Because, again, you're looking at other things, right. you're worried about other things. That's a whole other thing that I think is an advantage for the Patriots. Whether they, they would like to admit that or not, I do think that that is there. Well, Mike Tomlin puts on his headset. He's probably going to wonder, is this thing going to go? Are we going to hear the Patriots broadcast? It's just That's a little thing that is a, a seed that's planted into his mind where, you know, uh, I don't think there's going to be anything like that that happens. Like, and I, I don't want there to be. I, I want the focus on the game, and I hope that, you know, and I think, I think, I think for you, obviously you wanted Denver to win. I'm sorry, New England to win last year's ACT championship game. That was one of the greatest games I've ever seen, especially that fourth quarter. So, you know, and at the end of the day, that that's where the attention stayed. It was on the ball game. It was on, you know, that great finish with Gronk and then the two-point conversion, Bradley Roby, and all those things. And I think that's what I, I would like. Win, lose, or draw for this game. I want to see everything stay on the field, and I want their, you know, this to come down, to, to go down as a great game. I will say this, you know, and it kind of dawned on me today, too, that, I, I do think the Steelers will win because – I won't be surprised if they lose by any stretch, but this team I think can win just because I, I think this is the first team that has the we could beat New England mentality, to be quite honest with you. And I think you know you, you saw it a little bit last year in week one. Um, you know, they didn't have Le'Veon, but, but D. Williams gave them a really nice game. Um, but they had those field goal misses that they're still up – you know, they were upset about, and then they cut that kicker, brought in Boswell a few weeks later, who was – six for six last night. So really the New England game was kind of the beginning, you know, of, of Chris Boswell coming here doing the things he's doing. Um, but the thing that I think if the Steelers lose, it's going to be, I think, honestly, it's going to be these three facts, one of them, two of them, or all three, I don't know, but uh, the turnovers, because Ben's thrown three interceptions in the postseason already. Um, now some of those weren't his fault. One was a tip pass. A.B. dropped one, and then DeMarcus Sears ran the wrong route on another one. But those things add up. You know, at the end of the day, there's, there's still turnovers. Um, so, and New England, I, I think, was number two in the NFL in turnover ratio to Kansas City. So back-to-back weeks, the Steelers have to play, which is that's the playoffs. It is what it is. You're going to have to play the top two teams in the league with turnover ratio. Um, so that's mm-hmm. one thing. Uh, the second thing is 
if you can't stop LeGarrette Blunt or AK or Deion Lewis, whatever, because I think that's what hurt the Steelers back in Week Seven. Like initially, they did a good job stopping the run, and then and then you know consequently or conversely, they could get after Brady and 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 kind of you know disrupt him a little bit. They didn't get many sacks, maybe one in that game, if, if one. But they got to him a little bit. I remember specifically Jarvis Jones doing some things early in that game and 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 helping the Steelers out. Um, but if but again late in that game, Laguerre got rolling again, and then all of a sudden you know Brady found Gronk, and, and then the leak it just turned into a big flood. Um, so they have to stop that. And I think if they can't stop Laguerre Blunt, if they let him, if, if he can run the ball and be in his element with Lewis late in the game, it's gonna be it's gonna be bad news for the Steelers. The third one, and I think this is the biggest one. If the Steelers lose, I think this is honestly the biggest one, and it's special teams. The Steelers' special teams has been bad all year long. Uh, they've had moments, and they and I will give them this: they were they were really really good against Kansas City. The first kickoff, they tried to kick away from Tyree Kill, and Kansas City actually ran it back to the forty-five because they tried a squib, but it didn't work. For the rest of the game, they said we're going to kick it to Tyree, and we'll just we'll just you know we'll just have to roll the dice. And they did a phenomenal job, a great job uh, tackling him. I mean. A couple of times, it was the first guy that came home, got him. Uh, but they have to do that again. I mean, and, and Mike Tomlin started his press conference Tuesday. The first thing we mentioned, New England, after Brady, obviously, he was like, they have some of the best special teamers in football. Like, this is the probably the best special teams unit I've seen. So, I don't know if you would agree with that, but I think if the Steelers lose, it won't be the Steelers' offense playing bad. It won't be the defense really playing bad. It's, it's going to be the special teams, a couple of bad, you know, bad turnovers, you know, or if they just can't stop one facet of New England's defense. Yeah, I would agree with you on the special teams aspect. I mean, what they're able to do on that side of the ball, and Bill Belichick's a huge special teams guy. I mean, he he really values that spot, and of of course you should. I mean, his punter, Ryan Allen, is arguably one of the best in the league, is constantly putting it not even inside the 20. I mean, he will pin teams back on multiple occasions and multiple times in the game, he'll pin them at like the two. It, it is unbelievable his ability to just kick it and then let it sit and not let it bounce or anything like that. It, you know, it moves around a little bit, but it doesn't knuckle into the end zone. He's, he's very good at letting it just sit there. And then even on a, a coverage standpoint, never will they really be out of place. And that's credit to Matthew Slater. I mean, Bart Starr Award winner. He's been a guy that's been cleaning up the special teams, all teams, all, all, all NFL teams and first teams, uh, all of that. He's been a huge aspect of this team in that regard as well. And, and you have a bunch of those guys on special teams that have been great. My thing is, though, and again, kind of looking at it from my perspective on how the Patriots could lose this game, and I'll give you a couple – I'll give you one reason why I think that they would maybe lose this game, and then I'll give you a couple reasons why I think that they could win this game. Well, how they could lose this game is if the defense shows us our worst fear. And I mean, Patriots fans' worst fears. A big storyline throughout the whole year, and they've been using this as a chip on their shoulder, is that they haven't really played anybody. I mean, you look at what they've done in the regular season, and what we were looking at back in Week 7 was supposed to be one of the few tests for this defense in the regular season this year. Unfortunately, Ben Roethlisberger, as you guys know, didn't play in that game. We got Landry Jones to try to gauge against. Couldn't really get a good thumbprint on who that is, but, I mean, you play teams like Arizona, who we found out this year is not very good. Miami's a playoff team, but Baltimore and Indianapolis weren't. You know what I mean? So that, that I guess you can count them, but 
They've done well okay against them. We know what they've done against Houston, who isn't really a great playoff team. They've played against Buffalo, Cleveland, Bengals. I mean, the only team that they really had a huge problem against was Seattle. And that is a team who had everybody healthy. They were a legitimate playoff team. And Russell Wilson got to come into New England and put 24 point, uh, 20, 31 points on this team. And they were only able to score 24 against that defense. So I think one of the fears is, they finally found an elite, elite offense that they were going up against in Roethlisberger and Brown and in Bell, and that finally does them in. They finally faced it, a team that we all realized could beat them. They weren't as good as we thought they were. Those points allowed that they led the league in, their team was points allowed, was only due to the fact that they were playing four opponents throughout the year. I think that that is the big fear going into this game and the major test for them going into this game. Then a couple of ways that the Patriots could win. And my thing is, again, if the Patriots' defense – actually is what we what they are showing they are. They can force turnovers. You had three of them last week. Some of them were because of Brock Osweiler, but a, a handful of them were actually, you know, good plays there from the defense. Devin McCourty is one of the, in my opinion, one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in the league currently. I just think that he does everything so perfectly. You never really catch him out of position. And then the last one, just quickly, it's if Tom Brady's Tom Brady against the Steelers. I mean, his numbers, at home against them, I don't mean to scare Steelers fans, or, or maybe I do, are just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you look at it and say 4-0 record, he completes 71% of his passes, and he has a 1,500 yards just about, 15 touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, he's not just good, he's perfect against the Steelers at Gillette Stadium. If those hold up and they're counter to what he usually does in the AFC Championship game, they should have a pretty good game. Yeah, I a great game on our hands. I think it's going to be a classic oh, game. And, uh, do, this, do you think this, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up here soon? Again, we've got Tyler Sullivan joining us here on the, the Steeler conversation. And do you think New England looks at the Steelers any differently than maybe some of their other uh, AFC Championship opponents, Baltimore, uh, Denver? Because I can tell you this, you know, and, and the Steelers won't say it. They they won't. But I think if they win, if the Steelers win, um, and especially if they, if if they win the, the Super Bowl, they'll definitely you know come out and talk. But I think when people ask them afterwards, if that happens, was it more special that it's in New England, they'll say, oh, absolutely. Well, they're not saying that now. Um, and I would be okay if they did, to be honest with you. Like, what, what's the problem with them saying that? Like, and, and Ben said it the other day, like, they're the gold standard, and they are. And that is the thing. I mean, especially when the, when the AB stuff came out, then all of a sudden everybody's playing nice. But I, I really do genuinely <laughs> believe, Tyler, that there is some sincerity in what, what the Steelers have been saying about New England. And I think – I think on the other side, too, I think that, you know, uh, Bennett said some nice things about James Harrison, and, and they've said some nice things, too. And I, I really do think there is a, a general respect for them. But I do know for the Steelers, and again, they won't admit it, but I think if they beat New England, and, and I think, you know, the, the, the 55-31, that, that creeps in, you know, losing this year, losing in 2015, um, I think it'll mean more to them. Is, is there any of that feeling in New England, or is it just, you know, ah, this, is just, this is just another AFC team? No, I, no, I do think that there is something to be said for it being the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's funny you kind of referenced it a little bit earlier in the in the program that it, it really it's the rivalry that really wasn't. You know, you had right. for all of these years it was Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, and then Ben mm-hmm. Roethlisberger getting getting his due. But it just seemed like he was I don't want to say it's the wrong word to say afterthought, but he just kind of 
was he was he just made his way there one year. It almost kind of seemed random at some point. Not necessarily because he wasn't any good, but it really just looked like it was Brady's time. It looked like it was you know Manning's time. He almost reminds me of, and not to veer fruit spear too far off, but it's almost like it was for, to some degree like the Pistons back in back in the the Bad Boys days, where all of a sudden Isaiah yeah, Thomas comes up reference. and starts winning titles out of nowhere, and you're like, oh wow, this is this is different, but. It just never seemed like, and again, we're talking about this is the first AFC title game that these two teams have played against each other, first playoff game that they've played against each other in, in nearly 12, 13 years. So it's, it's weird to say that these two great quarterbacks who are going down as the best, in, you know, this is maybe the golden era in quarterbacks in NFL history, and they, they've never really played each other. So that aspect, and, and not to take away from the Steelers or anything, but the fact they want that they want the Steelers here because they are legitimately, again, Seeding doesn't matter. Currently, they are the second best team in the AFC. Or they, you know, if we're talking seeding wise, maybe the Patriots are the first right now, just coming off the regular season. And right. the Steelers are number two. I know that they're not in seeding wise, but they're the best team. You know, let's be serious. The, the two best teams in the AFC, obviously, given what's happened down in Oakland, are in the AFC championship game. The Patriots, as much as they say that, like, the easy road. You want to beat the best. You want to be able to say that you earned it. And for a Steelers fan and for a Patriots fan, and again, I keep comparing sports here, but like, you know, for us up here in New England, oh, 2004 when the Red Sox won the World Series, it meant more because you went through the Yankees. You know, that, that, yeah. that path to win the title, it does make it worth it, especially a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, because of their history, because of that franchise and that quarterback, it will make it, if the Patriots are to win, that makes it more special. That's cool. That's cool to hear, and I think that it's funny that you mentioned Patriots. Cause I agree. It, it, well, you know, Ben said it. Uh, I think earlier today. Yeah, Ben said it earlier today that you know when he came to the Steelers, they were a defensive team uh, with Jerome Bettis on offense, and that was really that. And then you know, and I think I think that is one thing that Ben has always thought about is that he was kind of. I think there was a point in his career where he kind of wanted to be like the guy that like you know like we're led by me. And, and this offense, but I think he's past that. I think he knows that at the end of the day, like, and that's kind of like with Tom Brady, like, it doesn't really matter what your stats are. It doesn't matter what defense was better. I mean, you are remembered by how many rings you win. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, like, whose team it is and all that stuff. That that might be where basketball and football are different, really, because <laughs> if, if, if Dilfer won four rings, he would be talked about with everybody else. Like, Bradshaw's statistics are very – Pedestrian. I mean, twenty-seven thousand career passing yards. I know most of that was in the seventies, but still, even for the seventies, he didn't throw for a lot of yards like, yeah. for a couple of years there. But uh, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I I just think that you know, Ben I think understands now that he just has to win rings. And if he wins a Super Bowl, I mean, right now there's only four quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, or yeah, in the Super Bowl era that have won that have won four rings, and he or three rings, and he can join. And only three that have won four, and he's going to go against one of those guys. So I think he understands that. But I think he, he knows. He's not dumb. He knows. And I think I even think for Brady, if he beats Ben in the AFC Championship game and goes 2-0 and against Ben in the AFC Championship games, that's just, that's just another notch on the, on the many holes in Tom Brady's belt. I mean, it's just another one. And if uh, Ben can beat Brady, that is a huge one. On, I would say mm-hmm. – this is and I and I haven't haven't written about it yet, but I would say this is the this would be the biggest win this decade for the Steelers because I mean and that's the thing where and this is the reason why that that that, that New England and and just besides Manning's Colts and Manning's Broncos being so good in New England, you know the reason why that the Steelers haven't played New England much in the playoffs is because 
uh, they were in a, a little bit of a rebuild there in, in 2012 and 2013. And, and, you know, they went eight and eight both those years. And, you know, and a lot of people are, are saying you know, that I've read, you know, oh, well, you know, the Patriots didn't have to do that. Well, they're the Patriots. And I think, you know, and then earlier this year when a lot of fans wanted Tomlin to be fired, it's like, well, other than Belichick, who else would you want? I mean, that's right. I mean, Harbaugh. They went five and, and eleven last year. Tom, you know, and quickly to, into the rebuilding point, the Patriots did do that. And again, you know, right? They they rebuilt. The, going into this season, believe it or not, you know, including a, a thirty nine year old quarterback, they were the youngest team on average going into the AFC East. I mean, they 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 are the they are very young. The, the thing is, and and, and I, I think a lot of Steelers fans would know this because they have a good quarterback, because they have a good head coach. A lot of that stuff makes up for you know it makes up for a lot of stuff. Maybe Tomlin and Roethlisberger aren't Belichick and Brady, so they weren't able to really overcome. You know they had to have eight and eight seasons. The Patriots, you know, just because of how good Belichick is and how good Brady is, they were able to match some stuff. But I do think when we look back on whenever whenever they close the book on, on their careers, I think we will say in that little rebuild area where maybe they have they had not extended themselves and and. and signed a free agent or they got rid of a guy too soon because they felt like it would help them further along. I think you can say that they may have left some championships on the line there. So, I mean, as much as maybe Steelers fans will say it didn't impact the Patriots when they had to rebuild, it may be a different standard, but it definitely did hurt them to some degree there. Yes, they had record-wise successful seasons, but they didn't necessarily – I think they left at least one Super Bowl on the board there for that team, and not even the ones that they lost yeah. against the Giants. I mean, I look at one in 2009 where I thought that team probably should have won it all. Yeah. That was a good team. Now, that, if I'm not mistaken, that was the year that the Colts went and lost to the Saints, right? I, yes, yes, that was it. Yeah, and I think – the Baltimore that beat you guys? It was a Baltimore. I think it was Baltimore it was the Jets game. No, it was the Jets. Yeah, because that was the year that Belichick had the football life covering him, which I thought was right. really, really cool. And right. that's when yes. I really I mean, honestly, like, too, I watched yes, that, and I was like, Belichick's a good about. dude. I'm sorry? Yeah, I mean, listen, he gets, he, gets, he gets that whole thing. He gets that whole rap, I mean, you know, of the, the cranky old guy. He's, he does seem like he's a good dude. And, again, he, he, he just doesn't. He just doesn't like to talk to the media. And he said before, he talked to Berman about this over at ESPN in, like, one of these one-on-one interviews. He's like, yeah, I like doing the interviews. You know, it's a nice little talk-to-the-fan thing. I don't know if I necessarily believe him in that aspect. But I did think it was interesting. He goes, listen, it just doesn't do me any good if I, if I go out there and talk about Chris Hogan and how he's perfectly fine or that he's torn his, torn his Achilles or he's gone for the season. One way or another – that helps the Steelers say, well, one less guy we have to worry about, or we have to game plan against this guy. It leaves them in, in any opponent in some gray area where they do have to think about it. whether that uh, you know makes a huge impact in the game or not. He believes it though, and that's why he does it. I I, I need to watch that interview too. We'll get you out of here and, and two more questions real quick. If, if you beat the Steelers, looking over at the NFC, who who would you rather face? I'd rather face the Falcons because I I. From a tactical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, Green Bay, so we could, you know, get even with Rodgers. But uh, what do you think about that? Who would you rather face if, uh, from the NFC side, if you get past Pittsburgh? Yeah, if, if the Patriots win and if they want to, if they want to just have an easy Super Bowl, I would say that they play the Atlanta Falcons I, again. I mean, around here, we know Matt Ryan a little bit more than than just the regular team. Again, he played college college, college football around here at BC. I, I just don't think that there's necessarily that that sort of it factor with Matt Ryan. He's had a great season, 
but he reminds me right. this is a guy who can get to the big game, had a great season, and then not really live up to it. I could be wrong, but I'd much rather take my chances with a guy like that who's a little bit more unproven with Bill Belichick, who I believe could stop Devontae Freeman or whoever they have in the backfield and Julio Jones, and I just feel like they could they could shut down that team. I don't know what what his what the game plan would be against a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Again, great storyline. Now, if you're telling me the Patriots are going to win, or this, you know, even if I, I would assume the Steelers would feel the same way, if if you're guaranteed you're going to win the Super Bowl, you want to do it against Green Bay because that's the tougher competition. It's the better storyline. You have either Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady taking down Aaron Rodgers, like all of that. That's a great storyline. But if you're talking about Going into the unknown, who is the better team? Who do you think you have a better matchup against? I think even for both of these teams, but specifically for the Patriots, I think Bill Belichick could easily scheme Julio Jones out, and I think that he could shut down Matt Ryan, no problem. Yeah, I agree. I think we're both on the same page there. What's your key matchup? You know, I, I think it's going to be the Steelers' linebackers against Brady, and I think that's going to be awesome to see. I mean, you could even say Keith Butler versus Tom Brady, but I think it's going to be cool. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that that's going to be cool. I, I like to see that one. I mean, obviously, Antonio Brown, Malcolm Butler will be a cool one just because of this new little rivalry that they have going on there, which I, I found really interesting. But to me, the, the game plan, I mean, how can you not look at this? You look at the Patriots' defensive line against the offensive line of the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell. That's the, that's the game. That's the game, in my opinion. If, if, if all of a sudden Allen Branch and that offensive line for the New England Patriots – and Malcolm Brown, and they, they keep getting moved up. They have to get to their spot and just stick there, not move, not give them any openings, try to plug up as many holes as they can so those linebackers can go in there. And the other thing is, too, they just got to tackle. They, you know, they just, whether it's the linebackers, whether it's the defensive linemen, they just need to be able to tackle Le'Veon Bell. So many times when I watch that kid, he is just eluding so many tackles, so many missed tackles for that, from that guy that he's forcing. Patriots need to focus on that spot. So focus tackling Le'Veon Bell into the offense, the defensive line, just sticking in their spots, not being moved around. To me, that's the game. Because if you get Le'Veon Bell going, and you guys know this, I'm not telling you guys something you don't know, he gets going, it opens everything up, from him in the passing game to him to the rest of the passing game as well. It's just such a weapon that he is. And his patience at that line of scrimmage is just something that I've never seen before. I've talked to Hall of Fame voters for the NFL, and I've asked them this this week. I go, hey, what style? Have you seen this before? And and I was asking it from a a Patriots standpoint because they do a lot of simulations in practice. I go, who plays Le'Veon Bell this week? Like, you know, for so many years, they had backup quarterbacks that were very good at mimicking Peyton Manning. I go, who is that guy, Le'Veon Bell, this week? Who plays that guy? I had Hall of Fame voters saying, I I have no idea. I have no idea I've never seen this before in my life. I think that's just a testament to what this guy is. So, Steelers fans, be lucky you have this guy. And I I just think that he is such a key factor in this game this weekend. I think so, too. It's been a lot of fun talking to you, Tyler. And, uh, you know, I'd say to enjoy the game, but that might mean I'm not enjoying it. But either way, I think we we both want to see a great game, (laughs) and we both want to see just, you know, a a classic. You know, we we both have seen – some really good games this year for from both of the teams we cover. I think we'd like to have either way, you know, one more really awesome game to cover uh, from here on out. So thanks again, Tyler, for joining us, and uh, it was a pleasure. And for all of you out there, uh, it's a great day to be an NFL fan. Yeah, no problem. I mean, happy to join you guys.